Welcome to Boundless Love Podcast. Here it's all about next level approach to love, leadership, and intimacy. I am your host, Sofia Sundari. So big welcome to you guys. So I am feeling so, so full right now. And I have so much buzzing in my whole energy body, in my heart. I feel so enriched by what is going on in my relationship right now. So I want to dive in, like I touched on it in my recent post, and I want to dive in a little bit more into the alchemy that is created through a an awakened meeting, conscious meeting between the masculine and the feminine. I want to speak about that. I want to speak about the potential that is accessible to every living being. I want to speak about how to even enter into a relationship that has such a potential to not only enrich us, but really make us better versions of ourselves and be of service to the humanity. So I want to break it down. So first of all, just to paint the picture for you, what is possible, and then to go into like a bit more detail, like what, who do we need to be to be a match for that kind of union? And what's the solo work? Because really, you know, the moment, sometimes we think like, okay, the moment I enter in the relationship, if you're single, you're like, okay, I just want to be in a relationship. I'm so, I'm so sick and tired of being a single. And then it's like, okay, then the work is done. But what I want to tell you is that actually the work only begins then and the solo work continues to be incredibly important. So I will touch on all of this. I will also touch on embodiment practices and how I use them and how I find that this is such such a potent piece and such an accelerator for our development and for our evolution in solo life, in relational life, and just, you know, for all of us willing to elevate the standards of life. Uh, I also will speak to you about my upcoming immersion, Return to Ecstasy, because this is a very, really potent container where we can alchemize and work on things together in real time, held by a temple. But I will speak about that uh, towards the end. So what I am experiencing right now in my relationship, let's start with that, because it is really, really, really special. It is something that I could not have anticipated really although I wanted that but the way it came did not come through what I thought will make, will make it happen so uh, right now what we are experiencing is that we've spent two months apart and my partner Oliver was in a prolonged meditation retreat and I was in my own prolonged initiation of <laughs> confronting and finding lots of different parts of me that came online the moment I was by myself while you know being together for around two years and then doing everything together and then suddenly being apart a lot of things came up for me to play with and to see and lots of difficult things and lots of things that blew my mind and lots of patterns and yeah different things and different questions came up and I didn't know who he will be when he will come back because 
this was not just a separation when we're not just like in two separate places, but he was immersed in really profound masculine practice. And I will explain a bit more about that, like specifically what do I mean by masculine practice and by feminine practice. So he was immersed in full-on masculine practice and he was basically merging with nothingness this entire time. And then all the things that come when you do that, because when you really practice, it's not like you don't just space out into some pretty realms, but when you connect with the void, with the emptiness, with stillness, actually all the things that are in the way between us and stillness, they come up. So it's a really transformational work to do the masculine practice. And so when we came together, I mean, when we were coming together, I was sharing actively in stories, and some of you have been really a close part of this journey. I've been sharing that I was a bit insecure. I was like, wow, I didn't know what was going to happen. Because before he left, we were also in a space of like, not knowing what's going to happen. We knew that something in our relationship outlived itself and we needed to change something. And we knew that we had this phase of being apart coming up and we didn't know how it was going to unfold. So there were lots of question marks and lots of unknown. And uh, then as he was coming back, I kept, I stayed in that unknown. I didn't know the man who was going to come back. And as he came back, wow, like... It's been like what we are experiencing right now. It's a completely next level of relationship. It's a completely next level of depth, next level of love, next level of attraction, next level of what is possible in a relationship. Because a relationship, you know, it's not... I mean, there are different stages in every relationship. And sometimes a a relationship becomes about just filling yourself up and finding a way to get your needs met. Yeah, that's that's a valid like stage of relationship. Then at some point the relationship becomes about being like equal partners to each other, finding ways to receive what you need from your partner and give what your partner needs and make sure that it's balanced and so on. It's a stage. Yeah. But then there's also a stage where All we want to do is be expressed and all we want to do is just fill up that space that is beyond the sum of our parts, which is beyond just him and I. And that is the third, what I call a third that is created in a meeting. When two people meet really powerfully, then There is this alchemy that takes place. And when we meet in a space of not compromising any little part of us and not needing our partner to be any different than what they are, then something clicks and it becomes bigger than the two. Their births, a birth is given to the third, the union. And this union is an intelligence. This union is is something that holds the relationship. It's something that holds the individuals. And that's a place in which we can expand and expand and deepen and deepen and deepen. So then 
there comes this stage, and that's what I'm experiencing right now with in my relationship, that it stops being about my needs. It stops being about his needs. It just becomes this flow of love that just moves us and moves through us and moves as us. And it becomes just this magnificent dance where there is no resistance because I don't need him to be any certain way. Like, I really don't. Like, I don't need him to provide direction. I don't need him to tell me what to do. I don't need him to know better. I don't need him to be different. I don't need him to look different. I don't need him anything. And the same I experienced from him, that he really doesn't need it. So there's a complete acceptance of just who this person is And at the same time, such anchoring inside, because that that acceptance can only come from this anchoring inside. It only comes from actual balance that's inside, a, a certain balance of the masculine and feminine energy that's inside. Because then you that's the only time when you don't need your partner to be different. And then what do we do from here? Because sometimes people say, well, if I'm so balanced inside, why do I even need the partner? But the thing is, yes, you don't need, but you may desire and you may long for that. And in that longing, actually something magical happens because you leave that longing together and all you can do is just melt and melt and melt and become a conduit of love. And... This relationship is something like we need to be ready for a relationship like this, you know. It may sound like so beautiful, but at the same time, there's no mistake that this relationship happens only when it happens. That we have to be, we have to build a certain resilience for that. Like, I remember when Oliver and I just got together, especially when he moved in with me, when we started living together, it was like in the midst of pandemic in the beginning of it. And for us to, to be together, to spend time together, we actually needed to live together. So that was just, a, that's how we started living together. And I remember that overflowing joy when I went to pick him up from the airport. I remember just this moment, like... And we were not sure if we could fly because the flight kept getting canceled and so on. And then we talked and he was like, look, I can either come in two weeks or tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, the choice is obvious, isn't it? <laughs> and yes, he came the following day. And this joy, like I remember driving to the airport to pick him up and I was like, oh my God, we didn't see each other for a couple of months at that time. And now he's going to be with me. He's going to embrace me. He's going to be in each other's arms. It's so wonderful. It's so good. It's like, wow, my whole body is just like yearning for that. I'm so willing to open and to soften and to just be with him, with this man. I so want to choose him. I so like, so I'm so overflowing with joy that he has chosen me. Like, it's like so good. And then I remember this meeting and seeing each other and like merging together and just like feeling my whole body coming all alive and, and just this joy of being together. And then it stayed like this. Yeah. This honeymoon phase, like for a while, we just like 
drinking each other in and enjoying and celebrating and feeling that, wow, there is something potent for us. Actually, it's not just like a fling. It's, it's actually because we were really going towards this relationship, like really consciously, really discussing everything. And then it was like, yes, yes, yes. I feel these bubbles. I feel this yes in myself. And it was beautiful. And at the same time, what we're experiencing now, two years later, is a completely different level. It has nothing to do with that. That was beautiful. And I love that it was like that. But what is here now is not the same. It's very different. And there was no mistake. That was the amount of energy we were available to. That was the amount of love we were available to. And it was beautiful and exuberant and juicy and alive. And now it's a completely different story. Due to our own individual training, yeah, and that's like I will be emphasizing this again and again, it's our individual training, what we've cultivated inside of ourselves, the capacity to hold this amount of intensity, the capacity to hold this amount of love. It's a product of the inner cultivation. And of course, together, you know, because meeting each other again and again in so much honesty, in so much transparency, in so much dedication to our own individual path, and then also growing together through the commitment of our union, that's what allowed that. And really, like before that, like a year ago, half a year ago, I was not prepared to hold this, what is here now. I was not prepared for that. I needed to go through initiations. And I know also that there will be another phase and another phase and another phase. This meeting, this alchemy between the masculine and the feminine can happen when the masculine and the feminine energies return to their natural places. Because typically we get very confused with our masculine and feminine energy. And there's a lot of unconscious behaviors based on habits, based on what we've seen our parents do, based on what we see in society, based on what we believe in. There's a lot of habits that we act on every single day and we don't recognize those habits. And those habits, they all have to do with the misaligned access to the masculine and feminine energy inside of us and misaligned timing of when we show up in the masculine and in the feminine energy in our lives. This creates so much internal confusion, so much turmoil that we actually become inaccessible to the love that we want to invite in our lives. So many people say, well, I'm doing all the work. I am really like calling in my partner. I'm really like, I'm like, or I am already in a relationship, but somehow it's just not like, it's not fulfilling. It's not flowing. It's not enriching. It's not that kind of love that you're talking about that you just want to, all you want to do is just expand and expand and expand. And then ultimately it just becomes even not even about the two of you. It just becomes this outpouring of love that just, you know, blesses every street you walk on and every person that comes your way and, and the whole humanity. Like, you know, for most people it's like, no, I'm not there. Like I am just struggling. I'm just trying to figure out the way to make it work, to 
call in such a relationship, start such a relationship, to make sure that's the correct partner for me. All of this is a product of confusion, inner energetic confusion. There is a misalignment, there is a mismatch, there is a misuse of how we really show up in our energy. As long as there is misunderstanding and as long as there are wars because of this misunderstanding between the genders, there will be wars on the planet. These wars, they start within us, they are reflected in our relationships and they just keep rippling on the planet. And really it's about the masculine and the feminine. These two fundamental principles, they are within each of us. They are in our relationships. And when we are not in alignment with them, when we don't understand them, when we don't respect them, when we don't love them, when we don't cultivate them in the natural ways, this confusion expands and ripples and just infiltrates our whole reality. So that's why it's not only about our personal fulfillment, yeah, the relationship, the awakened relationship, this awakened meeting is not only about our personal fulfillment, although it is personally fulfilling. It's enriching, it's uplifting, it's enlivening, it's, it's amazing. But it doesn't end here. It really goes on and on and it, it really infiltrates the field and it impacts the peace or the lack of peace on the planet. So that's why like, I want to bring this very clearly because that gives us an extra big incentive to actually do the work, to actually recognize the importance and recognize how each and every one of us is an instrument. And you can choose what an instrument of what you are. Are you an instrument of love or are you an instrument of distortion? It's really our individual choice and every single person matters. Every single person is a thread in this magnificent tapestry. So there's no one who can be left unnoticed here. So if you're making this choice, if you're making this choice to live your most evolved life and show up in your most evolved potential, this is the work. This work is so important because no one is indifferent about relationships. May it be the portal for you if you really deeply resonate with it. I know it was a portal for me. Yeah. For me, relationships always have been very, very important. But it spreads way, 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 way beyond relationships. So what I see a lot, like a really massive major pattern, is that women tend to behave from a masculine identity and a masculine energy shell. Because there is a masculine energy which we all have to cultivate. We all have to call it. Like, it really, it's stillness, ultimately. Masculine energy is stillness. It's not even energy, actually. It's beyond energy. Masculine principle is stillness. It's this sense of, that's it. Like, I am okay no matter what. Everything is okay no matter what. And it is because I am backed by this unchanging, all-pervading space 
that is beyond space, that is pure stillness. And it never goes away. Yeah, stillness never goes away. If you're laughing or screaming or yelling or, or dancing or moving or speaking, it never goes away. It's there. But it's our job to recognize that. And that's a really, really major piece of my work. That's what I focus on from the very beginning of every single training that I hold, um, even more so in the in-person immersions. The stillness, finding this profound masculine principle inside of us, then we stop, like, then this neediness stops. Then this need for others to be a certain way, to make us feel better, then it stops. Because we find all that within, through stillness. Through stillness, you get access to everything. But then there is this other kind of masculine expression, which is much more common. And this is this shell of numbness and a shell that makes you push, that makes you do things when it's not the right time to do them, which makes you push your own boundaries, which makes you put yourself forward when you don't want to do that, when it's not natural. And more, more than anything, it's a shell of protection. It comes because we have been hurt, we all have been hurt, and we all have found our ways to cope with the hurt. And one of the ways that most people learn to cope is through this establishing this shell around us, a masculine shell. And that shell is just makes us in, not conducive. This shell that blocks our hearts. This shell just disconnects us from this natural way of being. And especially I'm talking to women right now. It's not an instinct, by the way, someone is asking. It's not an instinct. It's a construct of the mind of how I need to hold myself in order to protect myself from the pain that I've experienced in the past. And so there is this memory of the pain and you don't want this pain anymore. So you create this protective shell. And then what starts to happen is that women start to behave like men and simply not give space to men to show up in their natural gift, in their natural gift of the masculine energy. And then women start to move towards men, start to initiate contact, start to tell men what to do, start to give advice, start to hold him like a little boy, start to mother him because they think he needs that or that he wants that or try to make him feel special even, yeah, it's like a pickup artistry uh, trick. You make a person feel special. So then the woman is like, okay, what can I do? How can I be? What kind of woman I should be? Uh, what should I show him? How should I? And there is a disconnect immediately. A disconnect from that, that which makes women, women, which is our heart. And that's a really, really powerful pattern that I see in so many of my students. So it's been 10 years now of my teaching career, of my leadership. Next month I'm celebrating that. This is what I see. This is such a common pattern. Almost all women do that. We put on this protective shell around us and then we contract our natural gift, our feeling capacity, our receiving capacity, our opening capacity, our radiance capacity. 
And then we start to behave like men. And then we manipulate all the time in order to say then, ah, where are the conscious men? There are no good men out there. All the good men are taken. Mm. Does it remind you of somebody? Maybe you know somebody who says things like that. So this is the truth. Yeah. So, so many women are invested so profoundly in incredible manipulation that actually doesn't allow men to show up in their full power. And then we have something to complain about. Great. Great job. What can I say? Great work. And then, of course, you know, men also do things. And a huge, huge pattern that I see men do is that they got an example from their mama how a woman should be. Yeah? And the mother, maybe she was there, maybe she was not there, but there was a certain understanding of how a woman should be because the mother is your first goddess. She is there showing up in front of you. She is holding you. She's breastfeeding you. Like it's full on. She's full on goddess. You know, that's the feminine. That's what we absorb as the idea that that's the feminine archetype, really. That's what it is. That's how it should look like. That's how a woman should behave. But, no, before but, <laughs> before but is that then men expect that from their partners because they're like oh you know my mother she is like this and actually the mother. and even maybe he will never ever say that but internally there would be like a sense of well yeah i'm expecting her to take care of me i need her to to tell me i'm a good boy i'm a i'm a good man to give me this validation i need that from her because that's what a woman does but here comes the but like, I want you to take a breath with this. This is big. So please, like, make yourself really, like, here with me. Take a breath. I will tell you something about the mother energy, which may surprise you. We think that mother energy is a very feminine energy. Holding, taking care of, validating, yeah, providing. This is not feminine energy. Mother energy is not feminine energy. It is a masculine energy. Even though it is given by a woman, but mostly mother energy is a masculine energy. This whole providing, taking care of, making sure everything goes correctly, this is all masculine energy. There is a feminine energy in the mother archetype, also the nurturing. Yeah, the nurturing, the sensitivity, the receptivity, but the giving, the holding space, that giving space for your growth, for your evolution, the giving direction, the giving validation, all of that is masculine. So, beloveds, do you see what we do here? When men expect women to give them what their mothers gave or didn't give, you're placing your women into masculine energy. And you're placing yourself in the feminine energy. And then we are going around the world saying, we want men who lead. We want strong men who take the lead, who dare to speak up. The men who lead with love, who penetrate the world with love. We want this man, right? We want men who lead. We want powerful men. We want anchored men. We want men who are rooted 
in themselves, in their bodies, connected to the earth, moving from love, penetrating with love, with sensitivity, and yet with confidence and power. Yes. Don't we want feminine radiance? Don't we want feminine softness, feminine warmth, feminine magnetism? feminine way of just, you know, being so alluring, being so alluring because you are at ease in your own body, you are at ease and in nurtured, alive space in yourself and then you cannot help but you just radiate beauty, you radiate nourishment, you radiate fullness out on the planet. And they cannot lead Ellen if we are leading. Leading in a sense of like this directing energy when we are directing them. Of course, we are in the masculine shell. We think we know better. We are here in the mind. There's no space for the man to show up and that like power I am here. Because she is so fast. Because women tend to be so, so fast. It's like, you know, he's opening the door and she already knows how to put in the suitcase and, and how to create this kind of... Yes, yes, this way. No, 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 what are you doing? Come on, open the door, do this, move your car there, put the suitcase here. This is what women do all the time. And men are like, okay, well, you know, that's what my mom would do. So that's, you know, she knows better. She's the woman. She's, you know. What would happen if instead, and I'm giving this example, like I'm imagining someone coming out of the airport, there's a man welcoming you. And then, yeah, the woman will go like, okay, yeah, put, put this here, put this there. Okay, let's go, let's go. We don't have so much time. They are waiting for us. Come on, come on, come on, let's do it. No, 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 actually not this way. Put it over there first. First the small one, then the big one. Then there's space for something else. And I can put my cat on top. Like, and he's like, okay. Boom, 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 boom. Like this? Yes, yes, like this. Okay, very good. Okay, let's go. Who has fun doing that? No one. No one has fun. Because we are stealing from each other our natural gift. Natural. Natural means easeful. But we've created so many blocks, so much protection that the ease is no longer there, that we need to actually do practice. We need to do work in order to connect with that which is natural. <laughs> Imagine instead she is coming out of the airport she is there with her suitcases and her little cat. And she's there, you know, she's like feeling the air touching her skin. She's feeling her, her nice fabrics of her clothes. She's there with her little cat and her nice bags. And she's here in this new location. And finally she came there. And here's there, he's there welcoming her. And he can be whoever, he can be a taxi driver, you know, like, Whoever it is, the father of your friend or your father or your son or your partner, yeah, whoever, a man. And then she comes and she's like, oh, hi, this is me. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, you have bags. And she's like, yeah, I have bags. <laughs> and that's it. And she does nothing. And she lets him figure out what to do with the freaking bags and with a little cat also. <laughs> so you know this is exactly where where we are most natural and this is exactly where we love to be and this is exactly how we nurture each other also 
But when we steal that from each other, then we create distortion. And first of all, the distortion is inside of us. Then this distortion is in our relationships. And we don't hold the point. We don't hold the pillar for the love to land here for us. Because love lands into naturalness. Because love is a natural background of all of existence. So it's us dropping the protection that actually has to take place and come back to the naturalness. My next immersion I call return to ecstasy. And this is ecstasy. The natural state is ecstasy. And we return means that actually it's a place where we came from. And that's the place where we're going. And that's the most natural place for us to be. And that's where we must return. Through ease, through regulated nervous system, through comfort in being in this body, we return to ecstasy, to this place of radiant aliveness, to this place of remembering that we are held by life every step along the way. Where do these terms for a set of energies, feminine masculine, come from? Why do we need to take these separations and how they're really connected to gender? Well, they are just terms. Yeah, it's just a model. So you can use it if it helps you. If not, you don't need to use it. You can replace them as active and receptive force, for example. You can also reuse them as alpha and omega. I know some authors use that. As, some, as a dynamic and active force and as a receptive force. I like the masculine and feminine because I literally like to connect with them as a masculine part of me and a feminine part of me. I find it very useful. It doesn't have to be. It's just a model. It's not an absolute truth. There's no absolute truth in that. There's no absolute truth in any model. But it's a useful model. And also, hormonally, we are we have a certain predisposition. And I know some people don't want to identify with any gender, and that's absolutely fine. Most of the people I work with like that and prefer to identify with a certain gender. But also there are people in my community who don't, and that's absolutely fine. But what I have to tell you is that we have a hormonal predisposition the way we are birthed into existence in a certain gender, there is a hormonal set of chemicals that are being produced in our brain that make us a man and a woman. And then you can go against nature. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, actually. And how we are birthed into the human form is that. So, you know, it's like there's absolutely nothing wrong or right about that. And that's where, what I'm talking to. And if we choose to be in the feminine energy, then we have the feminine gifts to cultivate. And they are most natural for us. They are most easeful for us. They are most at home for us. And when we drop into them, really, when we surrender into that, we just feel the happiest. That's what I see in myself. And that's what I see in the 10 years of my teaching career and working specifically with the masculine and feminine energy. And same as you for men. Yeah, when men really anchor in their masculine energy. And like, yeah, when they do that, it just feels at home, feels like home. 
and we become more accessible to ecstasy. And we, in this naturalness, not through push, not through trying to be someone else, trying to generate something inside of us, trying to become somebody. And no, it's actually much more simple. (laughs) Much more simple, but it takes so much work. To be my feminine, I need to fully trust my masculine energy. Because if I don't, I will be able—I won't be able to trust the men. I will keep being in my masculine, not giving him any chance. Exactly. Yes, that's the solo work, and that's the solo work that I also want to address right now. That this solo work is actually about coming to this place of I am enough. I am enough, and I am worthy, and I have always been, and there's nothing I can do to make myself more worthy or there's nothing I can do to yeah to change that that because I have always been worthy no matter what happened to me no matter what kind of wounds I've been through no matter what kind of difficulties I've had to face in my life I am worthy no matter what and then yeah that's the first thing that just has to happen and then uh, continuously remind yourself through about that through the solo practice, through the the way you meet life, the way you practice with life. That's the thing. And to come to this total worthiness, that's also where the masculine and the feminine inside have to marry. This is where they have to come together, and this is where we have to remember that. I don't need anything from the external man because everything I need is provided to me by my internal man. That the, all the romance I need, like when my partner went on to the retreat, like, you know, we are laughing together, we're having fun together, we're going out for weekends, like today is Sunday, we're going to go for, to the beach and he's making pancakes right now for us. It's like, you know, there's a lot of things that he is providing for me which I I absolutely delight in. And when he left, I was like, okay, so now I have to do all this for myself. And sometimes I succeeded and other times I didn't. And sometimes I did things for myself, which even he cannot do because it's just so like intimately me that only I could access in the moment. So yes, the arrival to that a recognition that it's all inside, that the masculine qualities are all inside of me. And for a man, also that all the feminine qualities, all the nurturing, all the mothering that he wants to receive on some level, on the level of his inner child, all that is also inside of him. And the woman in his life is not for that. Yeah, She may give that and she may not. And that's okay, equally. And when she does, wow, wonderful. And when she does not, well, she gives something else. Especially if she dares to shine in her feminine, constantly changing, constantly moving energy, constantly feeling, constantly expressing, constantly expanding. This is the feminine. Yeah? And for the woman, like looking for that stability, looking for that commitment, looking for that no matter what kind of energy, that's what we're yearning for, looking for that leadership that like, I'm grounded, I'm rooted, I know what to do. Guess where it has to start? Inside. And here's also a really important piece, beloved people, is that there is no mistake in who you attract in your life. 
There is no mistake in who is in front of you. There is no mistake in who is not in front. Like, you know, if there's an absence, completely, you know, desert, kind of, there's no one showing up. There's no mistake in any of that. The quantum field, this is what I work a lot, always in my work, and the laws of quantum reality, you know, when we believe in not just a 3D kind of physics that tells us that's how you get things done, you know, you just, you know, be like sexy and then you get the guys or, you know, you just, you know, get a cool car and you get the girls, you know, this is like nonsense. But when we learn, or I mean, you know, this is basic examples I made, but like even kind of more sophisticated that you need to be this feminine, beautiful woman, then you attract the right partner. No, actually, not like that. Or you need to be this man on purpose, then you attract the right woman. And no, actually, (laughs) it's not as straightforward as that. In the quantum reality, we actually attract that which we are a match for. It's not that you just, you know, wear a pretty dress and then you get all the guys. No, it's actually an inner compatibility, an inner, um, not alchemy, but inner resonance. That's the word. Inner resonance that draws the correct match towards you. And so that one who is in front of you right now, guess what? This is the correct match for who you actually were just a couple of steps before. And you are attracting that, you are seeing that reality that you've manifested already right in front of you. And if you don't like it, you can change it, really. And when you change internally, when you do this work internally, this all my students know. When we do this work internally, either people around you miraculously change, like really, or they disappear. And both is fine. Because you know that you are uncompromising in your dedication to truth. You are uncompromising in your dedication to your evolution. So reality has to adapt. And sometimes it adapts in a way that is like, oh, yes, it's exactly what I wanted. Yes, and my partner changed and and we really are meeting like that. And it's beautiful. And other times it will be like, wow, I changed. And actually these people are just falling away. And new ones are coming. So there's no mistake. I've been single for seven years. Why there is no match for me? Well, you will know that. Yeah. I don't know you, so I cannot tell you. Like, I'm not going to give you diagnosis like this. But you will know. If you look deeply into yourself, you will know. Yeah. There possibly is something in you that is saying no to masculine. That says, no, I don't want masculine. And you're pushing that away. And you're just not receptive to that. Because to receive a man, there needs to be a receptivity, there needs to be a willingness to welcome him. And at the same time, this willingness, this receptivity only can happen when your own inner masculine is strong. Because if you are just like in this receptive, like, oh my God, someone take me. Well, you will like, yeah, it's, it's not the vibe. It's not the vibe because if you lose yourself and you just want to be taken over, you're looking for a daddy. They say, oh, I don't know what to do. Just take me. I want to receive you. Yeah, daddy will come and tell you what to do. <laughs> Is that what you want? No. <laughs> you want a man. So then it's like inside there has to be, yes, take me. I want it. And actually I, I hold myself. I take myself first. 
And that's why I can open to somebody else as well. And if he disappears, suddenly it's okay because I hold myself. That's the vibe, that's the energy. And I want to uh, say about also another piece that I use a lot in my work, which is the embodiment work. And embodiment work is something that accelerates trauma healing. It's something that aligns us. It's something that really establishes us in the taste of how we want to move through life. Because all of those of you men and women asking above, like, okay, uh, how to, like, what's the work? Like, how to, what, how to practice through embodiment. Yeah. Through embodiment, and in embodiment, there are various, various uh, ways to practice embodiment. There may be, like, specific work, like, with body movement, with breath, that changes the chemistry in your brain and heals the wounds and accelerates your manifestation work in the quantum because through the embodiment you actually become the one you want to be you actually become because the one who is in this amazing glorious relationship is a specific frequency of you it's a specific frequency that you generate inside of you there comes specific emotion there, there is a specific frequency to that place where you want to be there are specific emotions there is specific energetic alignment that comes with it yeah, so through embodiment work we plug into that we tap into that directly uh, does embodiment work also for me of course yes it's for absolutely everyone you know sometimes people go through years and years of therapy and then they come to the work with me and the things just just click so fast because I take people into their bodies and I invite you to feel and I invite you to embody your highest potential that's accessible to you now. And uh, so I want to talk to you about return to ecstasy. This is the immersion that's coming next. And that's the only one I have scheduled for this year. I'm not, I don't know what's happening later in the year. I have no idea. I have some plans towards the end of the year, but it's going to be a completely different story. And it's not going to be in Europe, if it will be, even be. So, Return to Ecstasy is what's happening in three weeks. In three weeks, in, on Sunday, this day, in three weeks, we're going to be together. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I love this training so much. Uh, I mean, my, my trainings are always different although this particular one i renamed it it used to be called liberation to orgasm now i renamed it into return to ecstasy and i've run it uh, quite a few times already and uh, last year around this time we also uh, ran it in portugal and it's every time it's just amazing it's just amazing it's just such a good space such a good feel to come together with soul family because if we if you speak this language with me if you understand me it means we we are from the same family on some level because this is not random talk you know this is not something that people just talk about like normal you know everyday life like if we speak this language if you understand me it means we are connected and i love you actually <laughs> yesterday i met someone at the dance she was like i love you sophie 
Sophia. And I'm like, I don't know who she is, but I think I love her too because, you know, there is a connection. If she, if she is so receptive to what I have to say, it means we, we are speaking the same language and this is so precious to me. And so we meet with a whole bunch of people like that who speak this language, who are interested in the subtleties of life, who are interested in becoming the best version of ourselves, not only for ourselves, not only for our personal little good, but for the be- on behalf of humanity. We want to take up more space. We want to become bigger. We want to become more successful. We want to become more joyful. We want to occupy everything that this life has to offer to us. And we work a lot on regulating the nervous system during return to ecstasy. It may sound like so ecstatic and so, oh my God, what's going to be? We're going to be pushing our boundaries. No. Actually, we do it through regulation of the nervous system, through coming to the naturalness, through coming to, we undo, of course, we undo a lot of tensions, we undo a lot of tightness, we undo lots of those elements that make us act unconsciously because all those patterns where you know women enter into this masculine shell and and behave from there and men kind of go more into identification with the inner little boy rather than being the man and uh, being scared to take up the space and scared to really show up and really hold the line that you are given in your life so all of the things you don't do them because you choose to you do them because there are patterns and there are knots in your body, actually. This is where the embodiment work comes in again because those knots are held in the body. Those kinks, those tight uh, knots in your nervous system, in your imprints, in your subconscious mind are all reflected on your body and on your energy. And in return to ecstasy, we work actively with the body with the energy it's a profound work on invigorating the energy field it brings tremendous healing it brings tremendous realigning it brings very fast transformation it's intense the work is intense i am intense my field is intense and the joy is intense and the love is intense and the transformation and the healing is intense so it's a beautiful beautiful field we also will be working with manifestation in the quantum like in this training particularly i haven't done it like that before but what i feel a lot to bring uh, into this immersion in portugal in three weeks is the manifestation in the quantum to really understand the laws of the quantum field and to do the work, the embodiment work in aligning with the highest potential accessible to us. And that highest potential in relationships, this highest potential in our finances, in our career, in relationships with children and uh, with just manifesting the lifestyle that you want. And also manifesting your just most expanded, most connected to spirit version of life. So amazing work ahead of us there. I I warmly, warmly, warmly invite you. We still have some spots open. It's in Portugal in three weeks. You can find all the details. You can sign up. You can send us an application. Don't wait. Yeah, don't wait. If you feel it for you, don't wait. It's there available to you. Send in your application. If we are a match, we'll be very happy to have you. Nadzea would be in touch with you. She will send you all the details on how to pay, how to secure your spot and so on. And then we are meeting. Already in a week, we have our first call. And then in three weeks, we are meeting in person in the temple. And also the 
temple is a space that I create in my immersions that is just pouring, pouring grace on us, pouring grace and allows this transformation to happen at hyperspeed. If you go into the, into my bio, you will click there and you will see return to ecstasy. And there is the, uh, there is all the info and there you can apply. I wish you a beautiful Sunday also. Thank you for being here.